Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. And join me in welcoming our online audience as well as our television audience. And we are so grateful for what God has done for us and continues to do. We serve a good, good God. And in this Thanksgiving season, I'm grateful to God first, grateful to God for family. Thank God for um, Pastor Paula. She, she does uh, a lot in the background for us, television, international missions, mission render, so many things. And to, thank God for her life. Thank God for everyone here. Thank God for our technical people at the back there, Miss Sandy, Joshua, all the people back there. Amen. For those internationally, uh, you may not see them, but they are working in the background to make sure you get the content and even for the television as well. Uh, thank you, Mr. Ron, faithfully playing every week. <laughs> and um, all, everybody, sanctuary keepers, everybody plays a role in this church, and we are grateful for each and every one. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, and I remember when I first came to this country, we thank God for this nation too, uh, way, 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 way back some, sometime in the mid-2000s, uh, my professor in college, yeah, one of the professors, he was going on a rant about how the situation in the country was bad and on and on, he kept going. And he mentioned, um, like he was complaining about the roads, how the roads were not being maintained and it was all bad. And I was like, wow, you haven't seen bad roads. <laughs> I said, I didn't say that to him. I just said that in my head. And I said, you don't know what bad roads are. And um, I remember even when we traveled to the Philippines, when we went to the remote areas, we had to get on a motorbike and the roads, I mean, it was like, this is something. And here, I, I mean, but I remember what he was saying back then uh, about bad roads. And I, in my heart, I was like, you, you have to thank God for these roads. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen bad roads. <laughs> so we thank God for this nation, uh, for the blessing it is. I mean, think about it. We live in a nation where uh, we pause one day of the year and families gather together and, and we thank God. <laughs> Amen. Some nations are not like that. So. Let's thank God for all that he has done and continues to do. Recently, a man was released from prison at the age of 65, and they found out that he, um, he had been put there unjustly. Um, and the DNA results that the investigators found that he was innocent of all charges. So he had been in prison for something he didn't do for 16 thousand days in jail but when, when he first stepped out of prison the first words he said was god is good <laughs> god is good he just, he just give thanks to god so no matter what the situation is we can always give god thanks and praise let's turn our bibles this morning to deuteronomy chapter 16 deuteronomy chapter 16 verse 16 thank you lord jesus Deuteronomy 16, verse 16. He says that three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord, your God, in the place which he chooses. At the feast of unleavened bread, at the feast of weeks, and at the feast of tabernacles. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord, your God, which he has given you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And even along the lines of thanksgiving, thank God for all that he's done through us this year. Thank God for all the bishops and pastors in Malawi, Uganda, the pastors in Myanmar, India, for all that we've been able to do. And thank God for the ones that are even preparing as more nations open up. But here, the Bible tells us that three times a year, you see, when you read the Old Testament, look for Jesus all along. So here, God wanted to keep them uh, in remembrance of what he has done. So he says, three times a year, they shall appear before the Lord in the place which he chooses. At the feast of unliving bread, at the feast of weeks, and at the feast of tabernacles. And they shall not appear before the Lord 
empty-handed. This, this, these feasts uh, gives us a background even as to how we, why we celebrate Thanksgiving in the United States. See, in 1620, um, one or two pilgrims left England to come to the United States. And when they came, um, they settled in Plymouth, the northeast part of America. And the first thing that they did was to build a church. And that church is still in existence, and people still worship there today. Think about it. Here he's talking about worship the Lord in the place which he chooses. When they arrived, um, these were white-collar people. They didn't know how to farm. And they went through a very cold winter, and it got, things got so difficult at some point that uh, they, they, some, some of their meals per day was just five kernels of corn. But when harvest time came, because meat was scarce, they killed one turkey, got their potatoes, and as an act of thanksgiving, they invited some of the Native uh, Americans as well for their appreciation for them having them, and they came together and the little that they had that first Thanksgiving, they gave thanks to God and they celebrated and played games. And you see, um, they didn't have a whole lot, but they were still grateful. And they had a vision, and that vision in the process of time came to pass. And in 1863, uh, Abraham Lincoln, even in the midst of the Civil War, a, a fierce battle was ensuing. He passed, they passed the legislation that the first, last Thursday of November should be celebrated as a day of thanksgiving. So thank God for this nation. Somebody say thank God for this nation. <laughs> we live in a blessed, 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 blessed nation. But these people had a background based on this feast. I brought that up because of what we just read. Based on this feast, that God commanded them to celebrate. Now, the first one is the Feast of the Unleavened Bread or the Passover. So, we are talking about a heart of Thanksgiving this morning. Now, the Passover, we, we, have, we have it beautifully in the English, means Passover. Now, the children of Israel have been in captivity in Egypt for 430 years. And when time came, God judged the, the, the Egyptians and he delivered the people of God from Egypt. Now, what you have to realize, so with that background, go to Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 1. Follow this very closely, please. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 1. He says, observe the month of Abib and keep the Passover to the Lord your God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord your God brought out you out of Egypt by night. So he's, he's trying to help them to remember the day that they were delivered from Egypt. And this was what happened. God said he's going to pass through and judge the Egyptians. And the firstborn of anybody of the Egyptians are going to die. But for the, for the children of Israel, for them to be exempt from that, they had to kill a lamb and put the blood on the doorposts of their houses, and he says that when I see the blood, I will pass over you. <laughs> My God, that's a type of what God did for us. So notice, let's read that account. Let's, let's look at these verses. Exodus chapter 12, verse 5. Exodus chapter 12, verse 5. He gave them an instruction. So he says, your lamp shall be without blemish a meal of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goat. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. And later on he goes to say, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And that is the type of what Jesus Christ did for us. Before Jesus Christ came, no one had been born again. No one could, could, could say, you could, you could not come into the family of God. So all these atonement, different things was to cover the people of God so that God could come into their midst to fellowship with them. 
The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is, is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The sinner must pay the wages for his sins. But thank God, oh, for Jesus, he came and paid the price for Adam's sin, for Adam's transgression, so that you and I could come into the family of God. John the Baptist saw Jesus Christ in John chapter 1, verse 36. John chapter 1, verse 36, he says that, And looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. So the lamb in the book of Exodus was a type of Jesus Christ. These are fundamentals. If you don't get these things, uh, you may not go very far in your walk with God. But I pray this morning you will get it in Jesus' name. John's eyes were opened. Notice Hebrews chapter 9. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. The Bible says, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood and without shedding of blood there is no remission that word is huge remission you see before you come to jesus christ you kept committing sins and you couldn't help it and you may be watching right now you cannot help it but you keep falling into the same thing over and over and over and over again now jesus christ because of what he did on the cross and his resurrection and ascension now has made available that word remission means that everything that you did before you came to christ when you accept the lord jesus christ everything is wiped away as if it never existed <laughs> that's huge <laughs> One day, a certain man, he was in prison, and he, he was on drugs, and in the process, uh, killed a policeman without knowing. And he was in prison for a very long time, and this, this same message I'm preaching to you got to him. And he received Jesus Christ as the Lord of his life. And when he received Jesus Christ as the Lord of his life, Sure enough, according to this, the Bible says that his sins has been remitted. All that he did in the past is completely gone. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things are new and the past is completely gone. So he started confessing, trusting and believing God and saying that, Look, I'm going to apply for parole and when I apply for parole, I'm coming out. The people said to him, no, 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 no way. You're, there's no way for a serious thing as this, you are going to come out. When he went uh, to the panel, he told them that, look, the man that murdered somebody, even though was, he was under influence, he didn't, we didn't even know it. The man that did that is no longer alive. That man is dead and he's not, he's not here. This is the new person standing here. <laughs> and he was biblically correct. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. And to everyone's surprise, they granted him parole. And he went to Bible school and became a minister of the gospel like me. And later on, he applied with the state and they gave him complete pardon. Somebody said, if, if, there's, if there's nothing you are thankful for, we should be thankful for Jesus. Because where would you have been without Jesus? <laughs> That's where we have to start. Thank God that through the blood of Jesus, you have remitted my sins. You have wiped away my past. And you have given me a new beginning. Maybe you are, you are watching or listening and your past is really haunting you. But if you are in the kingdom of God, your past no longer exists. If you go to God and you remind him of some of those things, he's like, he's, he's, what are you talking about? I don't remember that. And if you have never given your life to Jesus, only Jesus can give you a new beginning. Only Jesus can give you a fresh start. Maybe you're thinking about what should I do different as we wrap up another year and go into it. The first thing, you, the, best thing you, the best gift you can give yourself is to give your life to Jesus. And surrender your life totally to him. 
and your life will not be the same. And not only that, the Bible says in Revelation, through the blood of Jesus is how we walk in victory. The Bible says, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. It is through the blood of Jesus that we overcome. We overcome sickness. We overcome, we overcome poverty. We overcome the things that come against us. The curse. It is through the blood of Jesus. But they had to apply the blood on the doorposts of their, of their houses. We are the temple of the living God. Same way we have to apply the blood of Jesus over our lives. Over our loved ones. And we say in the name of Jesus. Through the blood of Jesus we overcome. Through the blood of Jesus, we will walk in victory. Through the blood of Jesus, this sickness, this plague will not enter our house. Through the blood of Jesus, we are blessed and we are a blessing. Through the blood of Jesus, oh my Lord, we will not die before our time. Through the blood of Jesus, we will live to fulfill the plan and the purpose of God for our lives. Through the blood of Jesus, we are protected. Thank God for the blood of Jesus as we step out on these roads. We run into people that have accidents all the time. But through the blood of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. You have kept all our Somebody say, thank God for the blood of Jesus. My Lord and my God. We overcome by the blood of Jesus. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Somebody say, thank God for Jesus. It's all because of Jesus that we are able to make it. Without him, without no, we, can, we, we, we can do nothing. So we depend on him totally to be able to accomplish all that he's planned and purpose. Thank God for Jesus. 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 Jesus says in John chapter 15 verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, that's the key. And I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. How many things can you do without Jesus? Nothing. <laughs> Without me. So, so you see that I am the vine. You are the branches. The branch totally depends on the vine. If the branch gets disconnected from the vine, it cannot survive. All the nutrients flow through from the vine. So Jesus is saying, I am the vine. Stay connected to me and you will be fruitful. Stay connected to me, and you'll be able to accomplish what you need to, be, to, to accomplish. For without me, you can do nothing. <laughs> some of you have tried it and found out. <laughs> and some people still keep trying to live life without him. But somebody say, thank God for Jesus. Say, thank God for Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Let's go to the second festival that he talked about. That is the, the festival of weeks. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 9. All this is to help them to remember. Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 9. It says, you shall count seven weeks for yourself. Begin to count the seven weeks from the time you begin to put the sickle to the grain. Then you shall keep the feast of weeks to the Lord your God with the tribute of a free will offering from your hand, which you shall give as the Lord blesses you. So that's the, the, the second most the second feast that he wanted them to keep all throughout the year. Now on the Passover and the feast of Unli festival on Libra, they usually ate bread without yeast for seven days. Then they celebrated the first Sabbath after the Passover as the day of first fruits. They brought new grain to the Lord on this day. Then they farmed and harvested crops for seven weeks. This period, the people worked really hard. Very, very, very hard. 
And on the 50th day after the seven weeks of hard labor, then they celebrated this feast of weeks or what later became known as the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. So this was also remembering the day that they received the Ten Commandments. They, they ate barley bread without yeast on the festival of weeks. They ate soft bread that was baked without yeast. Then they brought this bread as a wave offering of first fruit to the Lord along with other offerings. And thank God on the day of Pentecost when they were celebrating this, food, uh, this festival of, of weeks. That is when the Holy Spirit was released into the earth and into the disciples. Let's read that account. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 verse 1. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 2 verse 1. The Bible says, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. That was a great day. Oh, where would we be again without the Holy Spirit? So he tells them to remember these days. You see, it's one thing to be born again uh, and to receive the life of Jesus. And you have the Holy Spirit in you right there. But it's another thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began. You don't begin until you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, I remember when he came. I, oh, my God. I just used to say that sometimes I weep in his presence. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. You can pray for a very long time when you are with the Holy Spirit. He had been with them because Jesus was there, but he had not come into them to live in them. No, there are two different things. But thank God, during this festival of weeks, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. Do you lack power in your life? Do you feel weak in your life? Oh, invite the Holy Spirit and have a relationship with him. And when he comes into your life, you begin as well. And I can assure you by the word of the living God, if you give him free access into your life, oh, he will take your life and glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. With it. But that's something to be thankful for. If you work hard all this year, in this season, you can be thankful for God, for the strength that he has provided you to be able to come this far. And thank God the Holy Spirit is with us all the time. He's with us all the time. He illuminates the word of God, reveals, opens the word of God to us. We have to be thankful for the Holy Spirit. We can't do without him. Jesus sent him to come and help, uh, help us. And help, he helps us all through our lives. Let's thank God for his word. Let's thank God for his Holy Spirit. Let's thank God for his mercy. And let's thank God for his goodness. Somebody say, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Say, thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. God brings all this before them to help them remember. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Three, the third feast, he tells them to remember continually, is the Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles. Deuteronomy chapter 16 Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 13. He says, You shall observe the feast of tabernacles seven days when you have gathered from your threshing floor and from your wine press. And then he goes on to say, And you shall rejoice in your feast, and your son, and your daughter, your male servant, and your female servant, and the Levites, the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow who are within your gates 
Remember, so here, like the programs that you just to remember the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, like as a church, we are feeding so many people uh, you, uh, this Thanksgiving season. But he says, you shall rejoice. So what they did was, again, this feast lasted for seven days. It's all to help them, to remind them of what God has done for them. You see, you can plant your seed in the ground as a farmer. But if rains don't come, if God doesn't provide rain, no harvest. <laughs> no matter how hard you have worked. And it's the same in our lives. You can work very hard, but if the blessing of God is not on your life, uh, you are going to miss out. <laughs> so it's helping them with these three major feasts to remember. So here they put up tents and lived in shelters for seven days. They remember the God who kept, protected, and guided the Israelites during their 40-year-long journey in the wilderness. They gave thanks to God by living in tents as if they were in the wilderness. So it's to remind them of that wilderness. So they, 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 even in, in Israel, now they still do it. They'll sometimes go to their roofs, go outside, and live in tents for seven days. And they remember, oh my God, how God, the same clothing that they wore during those wilderness years, the Bible says that their clothes did not wear out. Their shoes did not wear out. Think about it. Now, if God can keep their clothes, and if God can keep their shoes for 40 years from wearing out, do you think this God can take care of you? <laughs> oh my god my god my god god can take care of you better than better than that that's why he says in matthew chapter 6 these are things to remember matthew chapter 6 notice what he says so these people were remembering their life in the wilderness during this feast the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 28, it says, So why do you worry about clothing? Let's start from 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the beds of the air. Try that sometimes. Oh, my God. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And let's answer that question. Are you not more of more value than the birds of the air? You are of more value. Are you not of more value than the lilies of the field? You are of more value. Oh, so if God can keep these things. And he has kept you all throughout this year. It's time to pause and to say thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the clothes that I wear. Thank you for a place to sleep. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for keeping me, oh God. Thank you for protecting me, Lord. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, thank you for the family that I have. Thank you for my church family. Thank you for my family that is around me. Thank you for my extended family. Lift up your voice. Are you not of more value than the birds of the air and the lilies of the field? Thank you, Lord Jesus. They remembered how God provided manna for them in the wilderness. They remembered how God kept them in the wilderness. My Lord and my God. God was so gracious that during the day it got so hot in the wilderness that he will provide the cloud for them to keep them cool. And then at night when it was so cold, the fire will come to keep them warm. That is the God that we serve, folks. I said that is the God that we serve. I said that is the God that we serve. If he has come through for you in the past before, he will come through again. <laughs> but you have to be grateful. My Lord and my God. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his goodness. Oh, I know where he picked me up from and how far he has brought me. 
I am so grateful. <laughs> if you are alive today, you should be thankful. There was this lady. She just went, she just had a cold and she went to the hospital uh, to get checked. And in checking her, the, the, the doctors misdiagnosed the issue and they said there was an issue with her lungs and they thought it was tuberculosis. So she went into the hospital and when they went there, they said, look, we found something in your lungs. We need to, uh, while we are there, it's not what we're looking for, uh, but something else is there, let's take care of it. And then she got worse. Her lungs, be, her lungs belong, be, be, began to enlarge. And in the process of time, the, it got so bad that they had to put a ventilator on her. And that ventilator, however it was done, somebody had to keep pumping it 24 hours a day to keep her alive. The, the people of God around her and her family and others kept rotating. And she's been on that for 16 years. But she's so full of gratitude, even somebody like that, for keeping her alive. Notice what the Bible says. These beautiful psalms that we have. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you are alive this morning, if you are breathing normally, it's a reason to give God thanks. I said it's a reason to give God thanks. I said it's a reason to give God thanks. The whole psalm, these beautiful psalms. And sometimes when we read them, it blesses us because sometimes David is going through difficult times. Saul is pursuing him. People are betraying him. Friends have left him. Ahitophel has betrayed him. So many things. He writes about all these things. And that's why sometimes we read it and it's a blessing to us because the Bible says, even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil. For God is with us. But all these beautiful psalms end with the last verse in Psalm 150, verse 6. He says that, let everything that has bread praise the Lord. Beautiful. <laughs> let everything. Sometimes when you go put air in your car, you, you are charged for the air that you put in your car. <laughs> in, your, in your ties. <laughs> you pay and then you put it in. So, so think about it. The, the air that you breathe is free. If you are being charged every second, uh, who, who can pay? <laughs> Maybe me because I, I'm a blessed man. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'll depend on God's grace. <laughs> Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Lord, I am alive today. I didn't have to pay for the air that I breathe. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My Lord and my God, let's thank God and be grateful for all that he has done and all that he continues to do. This is a familiar story. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We, we, we read about it, but it's good to bring it up again. Luke chapter 17, 10 lepers came to Jesus and Jesus gave them an instruction. In Luke chapter 17, verse 14, when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. They came to Jesus crying, Lord, have mercy on us. And as they went, their leprosy, that was an act of faith, completely healed of leprosy. Thank God for all the people that have been healed this year as we've endeavored to reach out to the, to the nations. Unbelievable, I mean, I mean, amazing miracles. <laughs> but here, as they were going, they were cleansed. We've seen amazing, mute, blind, deaf, all kinds <laughs> by the grace of God. Thank God for that. Somebody say thank God for Jesus. God, Jesus. But as they left, you see, 
The Bible says that verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice, glorify God. Leprosy was a very terrible thing. You couldn't come into, into the public. Your whole life was paused. Ostracized. I may be speaking to somebody, you feel ostracized, left out, forgotten, but Jesus hasn't forgotten about you. But one person came back to Jesus, cried with a loud voice, verse 16, that's the key, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even supposed to, uh, the Samaritans, the Jews called them dogs, outcasts. They don't want to have anything to do with them. But this person, when he saw that he was healed, came back. Jesus answered and said, Where then not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? And sometimes he asks us that question. Where then not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Where are the nine? One person. So that means that in, 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 in potentially you can only have 10% of people that are grateful to God. May you be part of that, those, that 10%. Amen. I say may you be part of that 10%. Amen. He came back. The other people felt oh, maybe we deserve it. I mean, to be healed. Uh, forgot about, about Jesus right away. And went about doing something else. But this person came back. And says thank you Jesus. Somebody say thank you Jesus. Glory to God. Accept this person that came back. And the Bible says, verse 19, and he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well, has made you whole. See, the, other, the others didn't hear that. And Bible scholars tell us that this, 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 this leper, you see, when you got healed of your leprosy, you may have some scars. But when he came back, all his scars were completely gone. So that people still have the scars. He was he got an extra bonus. <laughs> the extra bonus came to the person who came back and gave God thanks. May Thanksgiving be a part of our lifestyle in Jesus' name. So many times we look at what that we don't have. But it's always good to look at what we have, what God has done, what others have done for us. Because it's, it's an unrighteous thing to forget. It's not a good thing because God is not like that. And God wants us to be like, like him. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. It's a very terrible thing to forget when people do good things for you. Parents, friends, it's not a good thing. So it's, it's, it's God is not unjust, unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love which you have shown toward his name in that you have ministered and you continue to minister. I pray that will be our testimony. You, you minister and you don't stop ministering. Serving God and serving others. Every day. Lord, what can I do to serve you and to serve others? You'll be amazed. The opportunities that will come your way. But like I said, so many times we look at what we don't have. Jesus is not like that. He looks at what he has. And he gives thanks. And then he multiplies. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Jesus had been having a, a, three, a, a camp meeting. Three day camp meeting. You don't go anywhere. <laughs> In th for three days. Teaching. Ministering. And after he ministered, he said, look, these people, if we send them away, uh, they're hungry. They, they might fade along the way. 
So he came to his disciples, verse 5, then Jesus left his, left, lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? So he asked him a question. The Bible says, but this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Where? The first thing that's on, 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 on the disciples' mind, Philip's mind, is how much? He says, what? Do you know how many people are on the grounds? So many people. Not counting women and children. Philip answered him, 200 dairy worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. But notice verse 6, that's the key. But he himself knew what he would do. See, knowledge of what to do under any circumstance will put you in command of the situation. Jesus knew what he would do. What did he know to do? Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew Simon's Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? This is very little compared to the crowd that we have. What, is, what good is it going to do? But notice Jesus. He himself knew what he would do. He himself knew what he would do. Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. In other words, relax. <laughs> I got this. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves. He himself knew what he would do. Very little. Five barley loaves, two small fish. And he took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he had done what? When he had done what? When he had done what? Talk to me. <laughs> when he had done what? He himself knew what he would do. When he had done what? My Lord and my God, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. The multiplication started with the thanksgiving. If he had been asked, like Philip, like, what is this? <laughs> what is this thing going to do? <laughs> what is this? We say that all the time. My car, my house, what this, my husband, my wife, this and that. What is this? <laughs> He's our helper, right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. What is this? But not Jesus. He knew what to do. When they went to the and the disciples were sitting of likewise of the verse twelve. So when they were filled, five barley loaves, two fishes, he said to his disciples, "Gather up the fragments that not that that remain, so that nothing is lost. Overflow, abundance, just starting with very little. That is the heart." Of Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. What what are what what is this? Somebody desires a spouse, they have a spouse, then there's somebody and somebody desires a child, they have a child, then like those children of Israel, the people in the wilderness, it was, was never good enough. But oh thank God we can always look at what we have. And say, Lord, thank you. The heart of thanksgiving. That's the key to seeing increase. That's the key to seeing multiplication. That's the key for more. Somebody said thanksgiving is an application for more. Aha, thanksgiving is an application for more. Lord, I know I have big dreams, I have big goals, visions, things I want to see in my life. But Lord, there is also something I can identify and be thankful for while I'm on that road, while I'm on that journey. That's why he told them to remember those feasts. 
to keep it before their minds. Thanksgiving is an application for more. Even in the natural, when people do things for you and they appreciate you, you want to do more for them. Jeremiah chapter 13, 30 verse 19. Notice what, what God says. Jesus must have known this verse. Do you think Jesus knew this verse? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he must have known. Mark this in your Bible. He says that, Jeremiah 13, 19, Then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. Out, out of them shall proceed what? Remember, Jesus knew what he would do. Out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. And the voice of those who make merry, I will multiply them, and they shall not diminish. I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. Hallelujah. Thanksgiving, multiplication. Thanksgiving, multiplication. Jesus knew that. I will multiply them. But out of them first comes the thanks given. Thanks given. It's one of the greatest forms of giving. Then the others follow. I will multiply them and they shall not diminish. I will also glorify them and they shall not be small. So in this season, I pray and all throughout our lives, notice you can thank God for Jesus. You can thank God for delivering you from the life that of who you used to be, for wiping away your past, giving you a new beginning. You can thank God for the Holy Spirit. These are all these feasts, the Passover, the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Tabernacles. You can thank God for delivering you, from, from, for, for guiding you, protecting you. We're thanking God for guiding them through the wilderness. Lord, there are paths I've not been before, but you have been guiding me and leading me. You can thank God for his blessings in our lives. Focusing on what he's blessed us with, and as we do that, then there is multiplication. So this Thanksgiving, as we gather with our families and our friends, this verse is applicable to us. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 10. When you have eaten, eaten and you are full, you've had a good Thanksgiving meal, and you are full. What did he say? Then you shall bless the Lord. Not only this day, bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. 12. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses, wow, and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied. And all that you have is multiplied. Look at how many times he keeps saying multiplication, multiplication. Good, beautiful, houses. When your heart is lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led you through great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions, and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know. Notice this, that he might humble you, and that he may test you to do good in, to do you good in the end. 17, then you say in your heart, my power and my might and the might of my hand had gained me this wealth. Yeah, people, I'm, I'm my own man. I'm self-made. <laughs> my own power got me all this. <laughs> it would be like that, that, that rich fool that Jesus said to him, look, he said, look, I'm, I'm okay. I've built all these silos. Store that food. I'm going to be good for the rest of my life. Let me just kick back, relax, and, 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 and enjoy. And not think about anybody else. He said, you fool. Tomorrow, tomorrow that's, that's the end of this. 
He didn't have anybody on his mind, just himself. So lest when you are blessed, he said, it's my own power, my own strength, that I've gained me this wealth. 18, and you shall remember, and I pray we remember in this season, and all throughout our lives, the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God. When you are eating, you have your pie or whatever you have, and you are full, and you just kick back, relax, and uh, play some games, but don't have God on your mind or others on your mind. Remember the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God. That he may, that is, he will give you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which is sure to your fathers, as it is. I pray that we will remember God in this season. I pray that we'll remember God all throughout our lives. The blessings come from him. So you see, when you leave him, uh, you, you, you are cutting yourself from your source. He's our source. I said he's our source. Amen. He's our source. Amen. We cannot do anything without him, Jesus said. So we are grateful for how far he has brought us. And as you do that, I see God multiplying you. I see the blessing of God overflowing in your life. I see your life being a blessing. Uh, maybe this year might not have gone the way you, you, you expected, but you are still alive. Thank God. The following year will be better than this year. I said the following year will be better than this year. As you settle down and give him thanks. How many of us are grateful? Oh, I'm so grateful. I thank God for Jesus. Thank God for a blessed family. Thank God for all that he's, he enables us to do. Let's give him thanks and remember him. Do not forget. God is not unrighteous to forget. We must not be unrighteous to forget. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you for your good word, Lord. Oh, we thank you for your blessing. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, we would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org. We will love to equip you in daily walk. So sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719 235 5535